Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We are grateful, oh Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we have the opportunity to be in your presence tonight. Spirit of God, we ask that you take control of this service. We ask, oh God, that the word that shall proceed out of my mouth shall not be of man's wisdom. But we ask, oh Lord, that it will be the engrafted word of God, which is able to save our souls. Father, we avail our hearts for a change. We avail our hearts, oh, the porter's hand. Let our hearts be in your hand and remold our hearts, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated with a clap offering to Jesus. Wonderful. Well, we're going to have a very short service. We're going to have short service will be done in a few minutes. How many of you were here last week? You were here last week. And how many of you have been here the last two weeks that we've been sharing this message? Who has not been here for the last two weeks? You've not been here these last two weeks. Wonderful. One or two people. And um, wonderful. That is great. Awesome. So most of you were here when we started this series of messages. So, we've been sharing about fighting the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And we've been sharing so many things in this message. Um, For the sake of those of you who are not here, why don't we read our foundational scriptures, two scriptures. Let's read the first one, 2 Timothy chapter 4. And verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Hallelujah. So we've been sharing that God wants us to fight one particular fight. It is not the will of God that we go about fighting. Do you see? But there's one particular fight that God expects us to fight. And that fight is a good fight of faith. To fight to keep our faith. The scripture says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You have to fight your fight to finish your course and keep the faith. Hallelujah. So we need to fight this fight of faith. Hallelujah. We are fighting the fight of faith. And it's a good fight. Because the fight that comes from God must be a good fight. You know, most of our battles, God says we should leave it to him. He says the battle is not ours. It is his. But this particular fight, as far as our faith is concerned, 
God is saying we should fight this good fight of faith. Let's read a second scripture, which is 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Does it sound like a command? Yes. It says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Hallelujah. It says, fight a good fight of faith, and lay hold on eternal life. Lay hold on eternal life. Now, last week, we shared that if the scripture is saying, lay hold on eternal life, it means it sounds like someone is trying to grab it away from you. Someone is taking it away from you. And truthfully, that is what it is. The enemy is looking to take this faith away from you. The enemy wants to take your faith away from you. So he says, fight this good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. And lay hold on eternal life. We need to lay hold on it. We need to do all we can to hold on to our faith. Hallelujah. And so last week we began sharing about the reasons why we must fight the good fight. The reasons why we must fight the good fight. And one of the reasons we gave last week was to achieve success and victory in the faith. To achieve success and victory in the faith. And we shared so many things on this particular um, point. And um, I asked asked the church to go and see um, a movie or a documentary on animals. The wildlife. How many of you were able to do that? You see, you look at all sorts of things on YouTube and all sorts of videos unnecessary WhatsApp videos and you spend time laughing and just watching one after the other just laughing and you could not find time to do this simple assignment but I want you to go and look at it again you can find them anywhere you just type any of these documentaries on wildlife and you will I think when you see it you will really understand what we were sharing about but we came to the conclusion that the easiest prey to the um, the enemy, the ones that the enemy is able to take the faith away from, is the one who separates himself. Is the one who is alone. But if you look at the animals, if you look at a herd of deer, we say that when they are together, the enemy is not able to attack any one of them. But the enemy will like to attack the one that separates itself from the group. That is the target for the enemy. So it says the enemy is seeking whom he will devour and whom he is looking for. The one that he can devour is the one that separates himself or herself from the group. And that is why God says we should not forsake the assembly, this assembly. When the brethren are assembling themselves, when they are gathering themselves together, in church, in meetings, in area fellowship, in prayer meetings, we should not exclude ourselves, which has become the habit of many of us. Many of us exclude ourselves whenever we're having meetings. 
and you are the target of the enemy. Anyone who excludes, you, are, you have a habit of excluding yourself from our gathering, you become a target for the enemy. Amen. You become a target for the enemy. Hallelujah. So by all means, I mean, we shared so many things on this particular point. So I want you to um, listen to the message, watch the video, and I believe the Lord will speak to you even just watching the video. Hallelujah. Wonderful. And we also said that even when you are within the group, when the enemy sees we are within the group and he cannot devour us, sometimes what he does is he stirs up, he brings a stir up. Do you see? He brings a stir up within the group. And we start scattering. And if you watch these animal movies, you watch this documentary, you will see that the animals are all together and they are eating and they are all grazing together. And suddenly you see two of them fighting. Do you see? It's like, oh, I heard you said this about me. And then, you heard, and then the two deer start fighting. Do you see? And then when they start fighting like that, you see, and you think that, oh, you, you, if you watch close, you see that there are some people who don't like this scattering. And then they start walking away, you know? And they start drifting off. And as you drift off, as you're eating, you don't want this commotion. You, are eating, you become a target for the enemy. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So be mindful of the ways of the enemy. He will always bring some commotion. Oh, they said this about you. Oh, they said this. And they, have you heard this? Have you heard that? And then you, you, you get the stare up. And then you start separating yourself from the group. Do you see? Start separating yourself from the group. And you become a target for the enemy. Amen. Well, today I wanted to go on and share another reason for the fight of faith. And another reason why we must fight the good fight of faith is fight for the things God has given you in his word. To fight for the things God has given you in his word. Fight for the things God has given you in his word. Now, one of the things God has given us or has promised us in his word is prosperity. God has promised us prosperity. Amen. Amen. So, the fight for faith or the good fight of faith also involves fighting for prosperity. Fighting for your prosperity. Amen. Amen. Being a Christian does not imply that automatically you will prosper. Being a Christian does not mean automatically that you are prosperous. I believe you may have seen some non-prosperous Christians before. You may have come across at least one or two Christians who are not so prosperous. Amen. You might have seen one Christian at least. Who knows a Christian who is not prosperous? Yes. You may have seen a Christian or someone who, I don't know if they are Christian. Sometimes you see someone holding a card and writing something and says, God bless you. Begging. This is God begging. So if he believes in the blessings of God, it means he's a Christian. 
So you see a Christian beggar. Have you not seen one before? Yes. A homeless Christian. Amen. But God wants us to prosper. God wants you to prosper. Amen. Say, God wants me to prosper. Amen. It is the will of God that you will prosper. It is never God's intention that you will be poor. God wants you to prosper. Hallelujah. But there is someone who doesn't want you to prosper. And if you know of someone who doesn't want you to prosper, what would you do with that person? You have to fight the person. You have to fight the person. It's a fight of faith. It is your faith that God intends for you to prosper. Amen. John chapter 10. John chapter 10 and verse 7. John chapter 10 and verse 7. It says, Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. Do you see? So one of the sheep's fight is not to hear the thieves and not to hear the robbers. It means to seal your ears to the thieves and to seal your ears to the robbers. Now, the thief can steal from you by what you hear. According to the scripture, it says, it says, I am the door. Well, the verse 8 says, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. His sheep, he did not hear them. So you see, they are thieves and they are robbers, but they did not have effect on them because the sheep did not hear them. The sheep does not understand their language. Amen. He says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. One. If you come through Jesus, he is the life. You will be saved. You will be saved. Miriam, do you understand? If you come through Jesus, if you come through him, you will be saved. He says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. And shall go in and out. And find what? Pasture. You will find pasture in Christ. You will not lack, Patrick. You will find pasture in Christ. Jackie, in Christ, we will find pasture. He says, he leadeth me beside still waters. He brings you in green pastures. That is the shepherd. You will be saved. And Jesus did not come just to die for us and be saved and be poor. He says, if you come through him, you will be saved. And you will go in and out and you will find pasture. Hallelujah. But then he says in verse 10, he says, the thief cometh not. Say the thief cometh not. He says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. It is the intention of Christ that you have abundant life. 
Jesus wants you to have abundant life. Hallelujah. He says, the thief cometh not. Satan will never come to you for any other reason. He says, he will not come, but for to steal. That means Satan will not come to you if you are poor. He will not come to you if you have nothing. If you don't have anything for him to steal, he will not come to you. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing? He says, the enemy will not come. So if you are poor, sometimes you don't even see the enemy around you. If you don't have anything, he doesn't bother. There's nothing, there's not, it's like, there's nothing for you, for him to steal from you. Mabel, do you understand the scripture? It says, the thief cometh not. The thief will not come, except for to steal. Except to steal. Now, to steal means that you must have something. If, the, if some, a thief comes to you to steal and he doesn't find something, he, he will not be happy with you. <laughs> he will not be happy with you. That he robs you, put his life at, at risk to rob you, bring you to a corner, or maybe put a gun to your neck and lead you to the ATM and he says, put in your car. <laughs> And, and he's watching. He's watching that he won't get arrested, you know. His life is in danger. Do you see? He's at risk, you know, watching. And then he says, put in your card. Put in your card. And then you put in the card. He says, put in your number. And then you put in your number. And he says, check the balance. And then you check the balance. And then you say, $10 left. Oh, he will be very angry with you. Do you think if the thief knew that you have $10, he will come? He will not come. He will not risk his life. He says, the thief cometh not but for to steal. Satan will not come but to steal. Amen. So if, you, if God wants you to prosper, understand that when you are prospering, Satan will come and take it from you. He will come and steal it from you. Amen. He will come and steal it from you. Some, some of you, at the end of the tax season, you look at your tax document, your W-2 form, and see how much money you have made in the course of the year. And then you look at your bank statement. So you put your tax, you put your W-2 form here and your bank statement side by side. And then you look here, how much has come in and how much has... It's left in the account. And then you wonder, is it the same name on top of these documents? Amen. And then you start recounting, where did the money go? What did I buy? How did I spend this? How did I do this? Some of you have received your tax return already. I don't know how much is left in your hand. Amen. I don't know how much is left in your hand. But it says, The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus is saying, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. You will have abundant life. Jesus will give you abundant life. Abundant life is your portion. Receive abundant life. Receive abundant life. In the name of Jesus. Yes. 
If you don't fight Satan, he will steal from you what God has given you. If you don't fight him, he will steal from you. Look, his eyes are on you and he's watching you and he knows what you have. He knows what God has given you. He knows how much is in your account. He knows how much is coming in. And he knows how many, how, how, how much more will come in and he will set plans towards that. Amen. Let me tell you, when Satan, when Satan had a chance with Job, it was not easy for him. Job was a very rich man. A very, very rich man. Let's read Job chapter 1. I said the enemy is looking to steal what you have. Job chapter 1. It says, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Does it sound like a righteous man? Does it sound like a God-fearing man? Yes. Does it sound like a Christian? Yes. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was 7,000 sheep. Look at his substance. His substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she-asses and a very great household. It means he had a great household. It means he had a huge mansion. He had a great room, a family room, a living room, a great um, fireplace in his huge living room. He has a huge dining room. His bedroom maybe was like this whole place. (laughs) Joe's bedroom. A great household. His bedroom, he has to take a distance to his bed. He has to walk a distance to his bed. There's a sitting area in his bedroom. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? He has a great, the the Bible is describing a great household. A servant's quarters. There's a place for the butler. There's a place for the cleaner. There's a place for this. The place for the nannies. Security guard has a place. Man, you see, we should have dreams like this. Because that is a dream that God wants to give us. Why not? Why not? What is wrong if I have a house like Job's? A great household. Maybe, why not? I'm a son of God. Why not? He has very nice furniture, antique furniture. He says that a great household. It's like when you step in his foyer, you know you have come to a home. Yes. Big chandelier in his foyer. Very nice. Why not? Look, it is never God's intention, John, that we are poor. It's never God's intention that we are poor. Oh, yes. He owns all the money. The silver is his. The gold is his. Why should unbelievers be rich? He says that 
these things, these things, the unbelievers are looking for them. But I know my children also need them. Yes. Why not? We need them. Yes. We need them. Amen. He says, a great household. So that his, this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. When you were looking for the richest man of the East, his name was Joe. He was the greatest of all the men of the East. And he served God. And his sons went and feast in their houses. Their, his sons, they feast in their houses. Not this thing. You are 27 years old. You are still... You are 32 years old. Still... You are getting married. And then your beloved is asking you, where are we going to live? What kind of nonsense is that? He said, I want to marry you. He said, but where, where do you live? Oh, my mother's, um, my mother's place. My father's place, you know, in the basement. My father's basement. What kind of nonsense is that? <laughs> Amen. The Bible says, Job's sons, they, have, they, they were feasting in their own houses. Houses. Receive your prosperity. Receive your prosperity. Receive your prosperity. Yes. Houses. 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 Not not a house. Houses. Amen. Houses. Not apartments. Houses. Amen. Houses with beautiful lawn. With a driveway. With your three-car garage. Why not? Why not? Why not? You are in your house. You are looking for your son. He is somewhere in the house. And he cannot hear you. Not in this house that you start praying and they come and... Hey, 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 hey. Put your voice down. You are making noise. Your, even your next door neighbor, your next door neighbor, he knocks on your door and says, you make too much noise at 2 a.m. Why? 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 You come on a prayer line, you have to mute your phone, you have to mute all sorts of things. May you receive houses. 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 It is yours. Your God is not a poor God. He's not a poor God. He's not a poor God. You own houses in America. In this country. Why not? Why not? Amen. Amen. Claim it by faith. You say, we fight the good fight of faith. It is our faith. And we claim it. Amen. so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east and his sons went and feast in their houses everyone his day now if you read if you read other versions it means they celebrated 
their father, it says everyone celebrated his birthday, Job's birthday, in their houses. If it's the father's birthday, and then you hear seven parties going on in different houses. Oh, that when it's my birthday, then there's a, a party going on in Mandela's house, Emmanuel's house, Ellen's house, Cynthia's house. He says, ah, he says, are you not coming to me? He says, I'm going to Irene's house. He says, oh, come to my house. Come to my house. I'm going to uh, Salome's house. He says, oh, I'm also having a party. Joyce's house. I don't know Joyce. I don't know about Joyce. Your house. I don't know. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. I tell you, we will feast in Joyce's house. How many of you want to have a feast in Joyce's house? May you own your house. May you own your own house. Amen. Why not? You don't serve a poor God. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. So he says, his sons feasted. They went and feasted in their houses. Everyone his day. And sent and called their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. So you see, the, the sisters don't know where, 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 where am I going? This brother's house or that brother's house. You see, it's uh, whose house? So they have to book a year ahead. You are coming to my house. What a blessing. He says, and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. Listen very carefully. Job was fighting the fight of faith for his prosperity. The Bible says that he rose up early in the morning after the children have feasted and done all these things. He will rise up early in the morning. You know, because there was someone whose children were feasting and partying and misbehaving. He didn't do anything about it. And God was not happy with him. But not Job. He says he rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings. He, now, burnt, offering burnt offerings means he went to pray. Amen. Yeah. Offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. That's the job continually. That is what he did continually. Fighting the fight of faith. Amen. The Bible says, now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And who also came? The thief came. It says, and Satan also came amongst them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. What is he doing? Looking for whom he may devour. He says, I have been, he says God asked him, what have, been, what have been happening with you? What's up? He says, I have been going to and fro. 
checking people out. Seeing whom I may devour. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man? This is God's description of Job. This is God describing who Job is to the enemy. He says he is perfect and an upright man. One that feareth God and eschewed evil. Look, sometimes, you see, that is why you don't have to do anything to please another person. God knows every good deed. God knows that you hate evil. God knows that when the people gossip, you are not happy with what they are gossiping about. God knows. You don't have to say anything to be a part of it to feel accepted. And in your heart to say that, you know, God knows that I am not. God already knows that you are not part of it. Don't join it. He says that he eschewed evil. He feared God. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, that Job fear God for not. That means, you see, this is how God described Job. And he says, do you think Job is an upright for nothing? Do you think he fears you for nothing? Do you think he hates evil for nothing? And then he says he has good reasons why he hates, he hates evil. He has good reasons why he loves you, why he fears you. And Satan began to number or to list. Look, you don't even know the promises that God has for you. But I'm telling you, God's promises are that you will be prosperous. God wants you to prosper. Look at this. Satan said, has not, he says, that Job fear God for not, has not thou made an hedge around him or about him? It means, have you not built a hedge around him Have you not built protection around him? Look, let the protection that God builds around you be visible to the eyes of the enemy. May the enemy's eyes see that you are a divine child. There is protection around you. That divine angels are protecting you. You see, Job does, I don't think even Job is aware of the hedge that is around him. But the enemy knows that there's protection around you. And may that protection be visible to his eyes. May that hedge be visible to his eyes. He says, Has thou not made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Has thou not blessed the work of his hand and his substance is increased in the land? Look. The enemy sees the blessings that God has blessed you. He said, have you not blessed him with all these things? Have you not blessed the works of his hand? One of the greatest blessings that every Christian should desire is that God blesses the work of your hand. When God blesses the work of your hand, it does not matter what you do. It does not matter what you do. When God blesses the works of your hand, it does not matter who you are. He said, have you not blessed the works of his hand? That is why you will find someone who is 
a lawyer and is poor. And then you will find someone who is a carpenter and is very rich. What it, what it takes for wealth and prosperity is for God to bless the works of your hand. Amen. It's the blessings of the Lord. Oh, I know poor doctors. I say, I know poor doctors. I know poor doctors who can afford to even buy lunch to eat. Oh, yes. They're always hungry. And every time they come, they're eating nurses' food. They go to the kitchen and they eat nurses' food. I'm telling you. When they hear, they'll be very angry with me. <laughs> that they know themselves. Patients trade. Patients trade. They take the patient's yogurt and they eat a little bit from the patient's tray. And then they take the juice. She knows what I'm talking about. They take the patient cookies and put it in their pocket. I say, what it takes for prosperity is not what you have done. It's not the degree that you have. It's not how much school you have gone. It is the blessings of the Lord upon your hand that causes you to prosper. Yes. It's the blessings of God upon your hand. That is what makes you prosper. I tell you, look, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. It's not what you have done that will make you prosper. Because the ultimate of what man can do, such as going to school and acquire degrees, there are people who have done that and they are not prosperous. They are not prosperous. They owe, they owe money. They are always borrowing. But may the Lord bless the works of your hand. May the Lord bless the works of your hand. He says that you will enjoy the fruit of your labor. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. Not the fruit of your profession. But the fruit of your labor, the fruit of the things that your hands will do, not the fruit of your profession, not the fruit of your career, but the fruit of your labor, the fruit of what your hands will do, the fruit of the things your hands will touch. He said to enjoy the fruit of your labor. Yes. It's not the fruit of your career or the fruit of your profession. I say it is the desire of God, has desire that you will prosper. That you will do well. Amen. That is the desire of God. Jeff, it is God's desire. Some of you, they will just choose you and favor you. They don't know why, but they feel like they have to promote you. You don't qualify, but they have to promote you such that now you will have in abundance. Yes. They will promote you. I have seen with my own eyes in this church how God is blessing people, blessing the works of their hands, blessing the works of their hands. They'll be chosen like this and they promote them. And suddenly your salary, which was this, is almost doubled. Suddenly. Amen. It is the blessings of God. It is the blessings of God. Amen. Let's have faith in it. I remember some years ago, we just we were believing God that our parking lot. Now we are parking lot. We have a problem. We have problem in our parking lot. We can, we don't have enough room to park our cars. Amen. Amen. Our parking lot. I say it is God who blesses. It is God who blesses. Amen. He 
He says, Thou hast blessed the work of his hand, and his substance is increased in the land. You have blessed the works of his hand, and as a result, his substance, his substance. Do you understand what is substance? When the Lord blessed the works of your hand, your substance, your bank account, the, the statement that you can dip your hand in and hold, your substance will increase. The Lord will bless the works of your hand. Your jewelry, they will increase. I'm talking about real jewelry. I'm not talking about what looks like gold. I'm talking about real. Just because God has blessed the works of your hand. Because God has blessed the works of your hand. Your problem, your problem will be, your problem will be, which one goes with this? Which one goes with this earring? Which one matches with this? It's too many. You don't know which one to select. That is your problem. That will be your story. I said that will be your story. That will be your story. That will be your story. You say, you know, you say, you say, why were you late to the wedding? I did not know which one of which one was matching. And then you say, can you come and help me choose? And then when the people come, they say, this is too many. Just close your eyes and pick something. That will be your story. That will be your story. In the name of Jesus, that will be your story. It is never the will of God that you are holding and begging and in need. And No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's not the will of God. Amen. It's not the will of God. He says, and the Lord said. He says, so he says, put, he said, but put forth thy hand now and touch all that he hath and he will curse thee to thy face. You see, the enemy will always seek to steal what God has given you. So he says, put forth your hand and touch what he has and he will curse thee by the face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thine hand. So, listen. When the enemy, I tell you, you have to fight the good fight of faith. When the enemy has a chance, he will steal everything from you. Look at this rich man. Look at his wealth as we counted. He says, and there was a day, he says, and the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, all that he hath is in thy power. Only upon himself put not forth thy hand. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord immediately. I say he will come after your goose, your prosperity immediately. And there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing, and the asses were feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the, head, with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped, only alone to tell thee. Right away. 
while he was speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God is falling from heaven and had burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped, only to tell thee. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away, yea, and slain the servants and the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Satan, you always spare someone who will come and laugh and tell you your misery. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, Thy sons and thy daughters were eating and drinking in their elder brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness and smote the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell thee. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head. And fell down upon the ground and did what? Worshipped. And did worship. And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord had taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor changed God foolishly. Amen. Would you stand a situation like that? You, a beloved who did not even marry you, you don't even want to come to church again. The pastor didn't call you because so that you are not even coming to church again. The pastor has not taken your money. We have not bent your accent. We have not done anything. Just a phone call you didn't receive. You are not coming. But the Bible says, Job, he did not sin. He bent down. He went down to worship the Lord. Amen. Look, if, the law, if you don't fight the good fight of it, and you see, it is yours, and you have to fight for that fight. You have to fight for that fight. Amen. Amen. Fight for your prosperity. Amen. Hallelujah. Fight for your prosperity by insisting on and serving God. Because if you go to chapter 42, the Bible says that the Lord restored all of these things unto Job. How many times? Two times. That means all that we counted in the end, God restored them twice. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. I say it is the will of God that you will prosper. Amen. Amen. God is not a poor God. Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2. We don't serve a poor God. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. And the Lord planted a garden eastward in Eden. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And you would think that if it's a poor God, he should just leave him like that. You came from the ground, here is the ground. Eat the ground. But he didn't. He says, 
And out of the ground made God, made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden. And from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison. That is, that is it which compasses the whole land of Havila, where there is what? Gold. Where there is what? Gold. God did not make Adam to put him in a poor garden. Adam's, Adam's home was not a poor place. He said there was gold. He says, and the gold of that land is good. It's not your earring type of gold. You took your gold to be tested and the whole thing melted. When they finished, you didn't have anything. And you were angry with a goldsmith. He said, this was good gold. The gold of the land is good. There is also bedillium and the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Gishon. The same is it that compasses the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hedekel. That is to which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. And the Lord took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. Look, God's intention is that you have life and have it more abundantly. He says, all these trees in the entire garden is yours. You can eat from any one of them. The man was not supposed to be poor. Amen. The man was not supposed to be poor. Hallelujah. Now, if you go to verse 3, chapter 3, chapter 3, and verse 1, it says, Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, had God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? I say, when the Lord blesses you, the enemy comes and he wants to steal it from you. He says, had God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God that know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. No questions asked. Women, sometimes just be patient. When we say no, understand no. 
Hey, you don't love me. That is why you don't want to eat this fruit. Look at this fruit. I have eaten it. You don't want to eat it because you don't love me. Because you don't. You get us into a lot of trouble out of this love. <laughs> Amen. He says he gave to the husband. The man doesn't want trouble. So the man also ate the food. And the eyes of them both were open. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. Look at this. Just overnight that the enemy had access to them. Suddenly, they are wearing torn clothes. Leaves. Leaves is what they are wearing. Suddenly. You know, have you seen, you see, sometimes the enemy will reveal certain things to you and suddenly you are poor. You know, sometimes you are at work and they they have agreed to pay you this much money and you are happy. You are receiving your salary and then you are having a conversation and then someone tells you, do you know how much this girl who is next door to you is making and then you find out that person is making almost twice as much and you are doing the same work. And then suddenly, you are happy. You are unhappy, you are poor, you are naked, you are wearing aprons. Suddenly, you want to leave. Suddenly, you want to go Some Suddenly, your eyes have just opened. I say, when the enemy comes into your life and your eyes open, you become poor. You become poor. You didn't have any problem with your salary until your eyes were open. When the enemy encountered these two, suddenly they are homeless. Suddenly they don't have food to eat. Suddenly they are working hard. They are digging ground to eat. I say, look, the enemy will look to get everything that God has given you. He will take from you. Hallelujah. He will take it from you. Amen. Third John. Third John. Third John verse 2. Third John verse 2. It says, Beloved, I wish above all things. I wish above all things. I wish above all things. That means it is top priority. Do you understand? Do you, know, do you understand what is above all things? It means my top priority. It means top priority. It means it's high on my priority list. It says, I wish above all things that thou mayest what? Prosper. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Hallelujah. Listen, humility does not equate Poverty. Do you understand? The fact that you are poor doesn't mean that you are humble. And being humble does not mean you have to be poor. God intends that we be humble, but he intends also, it is high on his priority that we prosper. It is high on God's priority that we prosper. Amen. Bishop was talking about men of God who do the work of God and they are 
prospering and, and people are talking also and they're saying all sorts of things. Why should someone who has set his life to serve God? Job was not a poor man. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. God wants you to prosper. As he says, it's, it's, it's high on his priority. As your soul prospereth, as you are doing well, as you are growing spiritually, as you are serving him, as you are growing in the spirit, it is a sad desire also that you will prosper. That you will prosper physically. That you will prosper. Amen. And you have good health. Sometimes poverty will give you bad health. The other day I was watching the TV and I saw the queen. The queen of England. Almost 100 years old. And the woman is walking. And, and, and I saw the woman. And then she's doing her, her thing again. And I said, look at that. If this woman was from some place where I am from. She can see, she can read, she can, all sorts of things. She can, she can, her mind, no Alzheimer's. <laughs> I tell you. Prophet, God does not want you to be poor. Take it from me. Dorothy, God does not want you to be poor. Amen. God does not want you to be poor. As you are growing spiritually, he wants you to grow physically also and prosper. Be in health. Miriam, God's intention is that you will prosper and be in health. Amen. It is the enemy that steals from you. God never intends that his people who follow him will be poor. Historically, all the people who have served God, they are rich. They are not poor. Abraham was not a poor man. He had a lot of money. Isaac was not a poor man. Isaac was a rich man. Hallelujah. And they were all working like you. They were not some special people, some prophets, wild prophets. They were ordinary people who were serving God. Amen. Joseph was a prosperous man. Jacob was a prosperous man. I say, Daniel was a prosperous man. Amen. Daniel was a prosperous man. Solomon was a prosperous man. Amen. David was a prosperous man. They were not poor. Job was a prosperous man. Put your name there. Put your name there. He said, I am a prosperous man. Yes. Say, I serve God and I'm prosperous. Claim it. Amen. He says, I wish above. He says, beloved, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish above all. My priority, my wish list, the top on my wish list is that my people will prosper. That my my people who serve me and follow me will prosper. That the beloved will prosper. That the beloved of God will prosper. May you prosper as you are serving God. As you are growing spiritually. May you also prosper in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Ah, Something that is God's priority. Oh, something that is on a high list of God. Why should you know? Why should, it should come easily on you. It should come easily on you. It is high on his priority list. Says, I wish above all things. Above all. Look, I'm reading the Bible to you. 
says, I wish above all things that thou prosper as your soul is prospering, as you are serving him and you are knowing him and getting closer to him, becoming more and more spiritual. May you also prosper in the name of Jesus. May you prosper. Do not look at your circumstances and look at, ah, this work that I do, how am I going to prosper? This thing that I'm doing, this two-by-four job, how am I going to prosper? It is the blessings of the Lord that will cause you to prosper. He said he will bless the works of your hand. He will bless the works of your hand. Hallelujah. He will bless the works of your hand. Now, what is prosperity? What is prosperity? Prosperity. He says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. That you will prosper. What is prosperity? Prosperity, by definition, is successful, flourishing, or thriving condition. It is God's priority that you will have a successful, thriving, flourishing conditions. Amen. Especially in financial respects. He says, it is good fortune. May you have good fortune. It says, it is characterized by financial success. Prosperity means something that is characterized, Beverly, by financial success. By financial success. To have economic well-being. Look, it is separate from your spiritual growth. So, don't, listen, it's not God's intention that as for us, just spiritual and spiritual and then every time speaking in tongues and spiritual. He says, as your soul prospered, he wants you also to prosper physically. Amen. Hallelujah. That you prosper also. Hallelujah. It is the will of God. To prosper means to be blessed. To be blessed and have more than enough. That you have more than enough. To have the ability to give with ease. May you have the ability to give with ease. May you have the ability to give with ease. May your loved ones receive from you with ease. In the name of Jesus. This thing, this giving that when you give, you can't sleep. No. No. No, 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 no. 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 You give and you can't sleep. Amen. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. What a shock. You give and you are bleeding internally. What kind of giving is that? Mercy. A child of God should not give and be sweating. It is very cold in the room, but you keep sweating. Just a little giving. And you are sweating. What a shock. (laughs) A little giving and you can't hold your breath. You are almost about to pass out. Just a little giving. You will give with ease. Amen. You know, to have in abundance and to give with ease. It's a great blessing. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 12, verse 2. It says, It says, Now the Lord said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, verse 1. 
Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Look, give me the NIV, verse 2, verse 2, NIV. What does it say? It says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will make you famous. No poor people are famous. I say poor people are not famous. Does it sound like a poor God? Does it sound like coming from a poor God? Our God is not poor. I say our God is not poor. You will be famous for your prosperity. I say you will be famous for your prosperity. May you be famous. You will be well known. Your name will be well known. When they mention your name, they will know who you are. They say, I have heard about her. I have heard about him. He says, I will bless you. I will make your name great. May you have a great name. 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 Put your hands together for the Lord. Our time is up. I have a lot to share with you. But our time is up. Amen. Stand to your feet. It is never the will of God. Poor people are not well known. He says, I will bless you and you will be famous. You will be well known. God, it's not God's intention that you be poor. Why would he bless you and make you famous? It means you will be rich. You will prosper. It's never his intention that as we are serving him, as a Christian, you have to be poor. As a Christian woman, you have to be poor. As a Christian man, you have to be poor. It is not the will of God that you will be poor. But he said he will make you famous. He will make you prosperous. He will make you well known. In the name of Jesus. People will hear about you. They will know about you. Your name will be a common name in a household. A household name. Yes. Yes. Give me praise. Oh, yes. It is not his will. It is not his will. It is not his will. It is my wish. It is my wish. God does not wish that. Fight a good fight of faith. For prosperity is yours. Yes. It is not his desire that you be poor. You will not lack anything. Why would you I won't be overwhelmed. Yes. Oh. Give me He will prosper you. He said he will bless our support. He will force you to prosper. He will force you to prosper. He will bless the words of your hand. Your words, my heart. Oh, yes. Yes. We serve a rich God. We serve a mighty God. He said that Simba is mine. That God belongs to him. It's never his will. Oh, Lord. It is not your will. It is not your wish. You say it is high on your priority. Lord, my 
are thankful and grateful tonight. Lord, we thank you for your promises. Father, they are yea and they are amen. Father, what you have said you will do, Lord, we know indeed, O oh God, that you will do them. Father, you are the one that stretches forth his hand and no man puts down. Lord, you open a door and no man shuts. And when you close a door, no man opens it. Lord, our trust is in you. Our trust is not in our ability. Our trust is not in our careers. Our trust is not in what we can do. But our trust is in your blessings. Father, we believe in your promises. You said the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure. He said the heaven will give thee the rain unto thy land in his season. And unto all the works that you do, the Lord will bless them. He says he will bless the work of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations. And you will not borrow. Father, we are thankful that we are not borrowers, but we are lenders. We are thankful, O God, that you have called us, Lord, not only to grow spiritually, but you say it is your priority, it is your desire that we will prosper also and we will be in hell. Father, we are thankful and grateful. We thank you, Lord, for your blessings. You say we shall be heads and not a tail. He said, we shall be above only and not beneath. Lord, you say, you will bless our going out and our coming in. Oh, my Lord and my God. He said, we shall not be a borrower nor a lender. Father, may we only be lenders, but never borrowing in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your blessings. But Lord, you say, if we shall obey and follow and fight for this commandment that you have given us then shall we receive all these blessings Lord give us the ability to resist the enemy the enemy that comes to steal to kill and to destroy Lord may we oppose him he said the thief and the robber the sheep does not hear his voice Lord may we not hear his voice when one Eve heard the voice of the enemy Lord he stole from him he stole from her when Eve heard the voice of the enemy he robbed her Lord, may the enemy's voice not come close to our ears. And may he never rob us of the blessings that you have given us. We are thankful and we are grateful tonight for all these blessings. And Lord, we seal every pronouncement of blessings. And we seal every proclamation of the blessings that we have proclaimed upon your people. We thank you, Lord. May we live, oh God to experience these blessings. May these blessings be made manifest in our lives in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Oh, God, praise forever all my days. here tonight, you are not born again. You do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. You don't hear the voice of Jesus. He says, I came that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. It is not the will of God that any one of us will perish. 
you are here tonight. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. You want to invite Jesus into your life. Maybe you once walked with the Lord, but you feel very far from the Lord today. Tonight, if the Lord were to come or he was to call you, you are not certain, you are not sure of where your place will be. But you can make that certainty tonight. You can make that choice tonight. You are here tonight. You want to give your life to Jesus. With all eyes closed and every head bowed, wherever you are, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. God bless you. I see your hand. I see your hand. Anyone else? You are here tonight. You want to give your life to Jesus. Wherever you are, just lift up your hand. He's here to receive you. He's here to welcome you. He's a God that is ever ready. His arms are stretched to welcome you. He says he will leave the 99 that needs no watching. And he will go out looking for the one that is lost. You are here. You want to join also. You are here. Lift up your hand and I'll pray with you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? If you have lifted up your hand, I want you to take another bold step and walk towards me. Come towards me. Come here with me. I want to say a short prayer with you. Your hand is up. I want to welcome you. Come forward. Surrender. Oh, oh Jesus. We surrender to you tonight. I surrender. Oh, also here and you want to rededicate your life to Christ you feel very far from Christ you used to walk with him very closely but you feel very far you want to join you are also welcome to join us here anyone else I want you all to say this with me and I want you to join and say this say this after me say Lord Jesus Lord Jesus Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for dying for me. I feel very far from you. I feel very far from you. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I have sinned against you. I have sinned against you. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I am unworthy. I am unworthy. I am unworthy. I am unworthy. But Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. You say for such as me you came. You say people like me. People like me. You left your throne above. You left and you came for us. Tonight. Tonight, I come back to you. I, come back to I believe you are the Son of God. I believe, I believe you shed your blood for me. Lord Jesus, let your blood cleanse me. Let the blood of Jesus wash me. Tonight, I invite you into my life. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. From tonight, I will serve you. Say this. Say, Satan. Satan, I do not serve you. I do not serve you. I have made a choice. I have made a choice. Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ is my savior. Is my savior. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. For saving me. Father, we thank you tonight for saving your.
precious daughter. Amen. Lord, you are the one that even when we have gone very far, you're still waiting for us. Amen. You come searching for us. Yes, Tonight, Lord, you have found us. Therefore, oh God, we commit your daughter into your hands. Amen. We ask, oh God, that you build a hedge around her. Amen. Father, let not the enemy have a hand in her life. Amen. But I pray, oh God, that you will give her that strength to Amen. fight the fight of faith. Amen. May she serve you. Amen. Father, may she resist the enemy. Amen. For you say, when we resist him, he will flee from us. Amen. And I pray, oh God, that your mighty hand will continue to be upon her. Amen. May you guide her steps. Amen. Let your word be a lamp unto Amen. her feet and a light in her path. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. She will never group in darkness Amen. because you, Jehovah, will Amen. walk with her. Amen. We thank you, Jesus, tonight for all you do and for what you have done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Sister Rosemary, God bless you so much. God bless you. We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.